Hi everyone, uh, Matthew here. Before the episode started, I kind of wanted to talk about something a little bit upsetting. Uh, at the time we're recording this, it's been announced that Daniel DeMille, also known as the rapper MF Doom, passed away earlier this year, but it wasn't announced until now. Now this is relevant to the episode. This week's album choice was Demon Days by Gorillaz, with MF Doom featuring on one of the tracks that November has come. Me and Crunchy even go into discussion about him a bit and how much we're both fans of him. MF Doom was literally one of, if not my favourite musical artists. I mean, I literally use one of his beats, White Willow Bark, as the intro and outro music for the podcast. He taught me to be unique and be myself. And even his music one way or another got me to skate more. I listened to his music all the time when I went out skating and stuff. It's awful to hear this news, but all I can do is just urge you to check out his music if you haven't already, as his discography inspired so many modern rappers of today, such as Tyler the Creator, Joey Badass, like so many people. His music is a part of hip-hop history, and he'll certainly go down as one of the best rappers of our time. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the For Real Podcast, the show that discusses music, film, and most importantly, furries. I'm your host, Matthew, also known as Hypebeast Dan, and on the sixth episode i'm gonna say is this episode six i'm checking i'm gonna check this you should fifth, know. Fifth, a... i'm sorry okay i'm sorry <laughs> on the on the fifth episode i have a very a well-known shark in the twitter community we have crunchy shark welcome to the show Yo, how you been what up thank you so much for having me man i've been looking forward to this yeah i'm, so I'm excited you know getting oh, into yeah. some fairy conversations talk about the album and the film choice which are both ace choices i must say after you know watching them again and uh, listening I'm, yeah, I'm excited yeah. to discuss them uh how's your day been i mean it's um it's quite late for us isn't it because you're, you're an hour ahead of me so it's uh three to midnight actually no wait it's three to one a.m three to one a.m three to midnight for me yeah how come you see i was like thinking how how come you want to do it so late you just want to like late night vibes or is it just how it matched up you know well it's pretty simple i have a dog and like <laughs> at, at daytime he walks around uh, and his like his paws click on the, oh, the lemonade and, and shit, and it's like really loud. Can I cuss on your show, by the way? Yeah, of course you fucking can. Let's go. Thank you. <laughs> of course you can, dog. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah, I mean, I'm really tired. I've been at work today. Then I recorded a podcast episode, and then I'm. Um, it's now midnight. I mean, I'm I'm chilling though. Like I'm, I'm vibing. I'm vibing. I'm not too tired. I'm ready oh, to create yeah. some conversation. I mean, guys, just as a bit of a spoiler, I don't actually, I don't actually record them every week because uh, <laughs> I have other stuff like uni, so I have been kind of stopped. Hey, that's a secret, all right? It's that's a secret, like, though. Secret, secret, secret. That's behind Definitely the scenes. Definitely not all done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, don't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, my day was my day was basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a day off. Well, it's a Saturday, so anyway, so oh, nice. I I got up way late. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. And um, I didn't do much, honestly. I just played Animal Crossing all day, oh, and then sick. like. That's and then um, I did a lot of Ring Fit. I've been doing that for like two oh, weeks now. Really? That's cool. That's Hell great. Yeah. I've uh, been meaning to get into fitness for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And like I finally got something that gets me into it. And that's, that's great. That's fantastic. I yeah. have um, Animal Crossing. Obviously, I've got New Horizons. I oh, got shit, that, yeah. yeah, I got that on release date. And I sweated oh. the fuck out of it until like five in the morning for the like every day for a week and then i stopped playing it and it was just like oh, it's so weird i think it was just because yeah. i got to a point where i got to a point in the game where i was just i didn't really like my island and it was just kind of all messy and i couldn't be bothered to fix it so now <laughs> what i'm trying to do is 
I'm a classic, you know, film indie kid. I've got one of those box CRT TVs in my room with a VHS player. Mm-hmm. And I've got a GameCube as well. And I've got Animal Crossing on GameCube. And I'm going to try and get back into the original because I think Fuck it's really yeah. nice. And I, I mean, too. yeah, it's great. I loved all the features that they added to New Horizons, obviously, and it was fantastic. But yeah. at the same time, I do like the idea of starting a nice, new, simplified, like, original version of the game. So I'm uh, I'm excited. I mean, I haven't found the chance to, you know, boot it up again and start it. But I'm definitely yeah. going to find the time to do that. So I'm looking forward to starting a new Animal Crossing it's a, world. It's definitely a lot of fun. Like, I mean, there's not much to do in the old ones. You just basically pay off your house and, like, yeah. that's kind of it. But uh, it's still a lot of fun. Yeah. I did feel like... I know this is just a personal thing, like this is a personal reason that not everybody else will experience, but I felt that New Horizons was very competitive in terms of how it's not supposed to be a competitive game, it's supposed to be a relaxing game, and I think I forgot that, and I think a lot of people forgot that, because every time when the game was massive, I would like refresh fucking Twitter, and somebody would have like a a fountain dedicated to a villager and like a, a, a real life forest, and I would just be like, I have like a DJ deck on the beach. Where I play like um fucking Mr. Worldwide Pitbull songs. Like that that's like the peak of my <laughs> that's the that's the peak of my village in Animal Crossing. I mean, I mean it doesn't have to be anything like super out of the ordinary. Like if you just if you vibe with having a DJ set on the beach, then fucking then exactly, go for it. Exactly. I just, I just have felt, a barbecue yeah. on the beach. Like that's all I have yeah. right now. <laughs> I just yeah, I just definitely felt like sometimes I'd be like, Oh, I'm really proud of like doing this path layout or like doing these trees layout. And yeah. then, like, I would look at Twitter and somebody would be like, I created the entirety of, like, Jellystone Park, whatever the fuck <laughs> it is, in, in Animal Crossing. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's just crazy. Stuff that but, people do with, with video games sometimes. Yeah. Nah, I'm definitely going to get back into it. I think it's a good time to do it as well. Yeah, it <sighs> is. Yeah. Okay, so let, let's kind of jump into, um, you know, the fairy side and yourself personally. Do you want to introduce yourself, you know, a little bit? Well, I mean... I mean, what, what's that? No, no, I'm just kidding. Okay, so so I'm basically, I'm Fel. I'm a, a well, fairly known green shark off of Twitter. Um, I've been in the fandom for about, I think, almost 11 years. Should be 11, 11 years. 11 years. Yeah. Um, all of the, yeah, all these people I'm interviewing are making me feel like a fucking baby. Trust. <laughs> I've had me... eight years. I've had 12 years. I've had 10 <laughs> years. And I'm just like, I mean, yeah, I've been in for like just over a year. I mean, like, look, man, no. you got to start somewhere, right? Like mm-hmm. that, like um, me being in the fandom for ten years doesn't honestly change much. It's just you make some experiences, you mm-hmm. learn about things that, yeah. like, that only people know who've been in the fandom for quite a while. Oh yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. Like you, you meet people, you part with people. It just happens, you know. And um, a lot of shit happens in 10 years. I didn't, of course, I didn't start out as a shark. Some people keep their fursonas for like, what, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Some people have a new fursona every five minutes. <laughs> uh, but um, I actually started out as a as a fox. Oh, interesting. Okay. It's like, it's like the most basic thing. Like most people start out as like a wolf or a fox or a dog. Yeah. And I didn't have anything against those species. It's just, it's just like the most common thing you no. can do. No, definitely. And um, and yeah, it was like su- such a boring character. It was just like a blue fox with some blue. Oh, you gotta go with the blue. It's always the blue. It's, yeah, always, it's always the always bright the blue. colors. You know, blue's, blue's a good shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, and um, yeah. yeah, and then eventually I um, I saw a shark character for the first time, and I was like, "There's shark characters, dude! Like, holy shit! Look at that!" And um, and then I was instantly like, "Holy, you need a shark, okay?" Mm-hmm. So like, but then I um, I didn't have an income yet, so I couldn't do commissions yet, right? So mm-hmm. I didn't uh, have any money to like get mm-hmm. a ref sheet. So I had to wait two years to create my character. Mm-hmm. And during those two years, I, of course, I collected in like um, ideas and yeah. things I could use and so you could use, throw yeah, yeah. together. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. I think the only person that I know that personally that has a shark sonar yeah. is my friend Jay. She has a bat and a, and a shark sonar. So shout out to Jay. And uh, I, I do look because I think she got like cyberpunk art of yeah. uh, her sharks and it looks so fucking cool, honestly. But yeah, I do vibe with um, obviously I love all kind of species of furries, you know, but it is yeah. really refreshing to see something like different. And I mean, I do think shark sooners are becoming or like just like aquatic mammals and stuff are becoming a little bit more common now. But definitely like when you first started being a furry like 10 years ago or whatever, like it was mainly just like fox dogs, bears, you know, <laughs> classic fluffy mammals. Ten, so, yeah, ten yeah. years ago there wasn't much to pick from. Like there were, yeah, mm-hmm. as you said, foxes, wolves, and dogs mostly, and um, yeah. the occasional poker fur, which don't get enough recognition mm-hmm. yeah. in the fandom. I, I think some birds, but the birds are like really rare because I mean, I'm, I'm always like kind of, kind of iffy on birds. They they usually look really good. But I, I never understand how, like, bird furries work. Like, how do they pick things up? You know, like, they don't have hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I get that. Um, yeah. I have a few friends that have uh, bird sonas, and I do think about that sometimes. Yeah. I mean, this links um, to what you were saying about starting as a fox. I feel the same way with Dan in a sense that I um, I was I was talking about this on, like, the third episode about how I kind of want to make a deer sonar and i really want to make a deer sonar for ages hell yeah down to me yeah i know i've talked about this before like so many times so i'm not gonna like bore people who already know <laughs> this but um dan is a representation of me definitely yeah. but he is a more obnoxious and pretentious version of me and he's more confident so he has my confidence and that's fantastic but i also want a deer sonar that kind of represents who i am more personally in what i you know kind of like i don't have bleach blonde hair I've changed Dan's hair to curly because I have curly hair in real life, but um, I want like a brown haired deer who's qu- not not quiet, but still confident, but you know, more me. Yeah. And I want them to use they, them pronouns because that's a pronoun thing I've kind of been um, using for a bit for a while and it's been nice. So I don't want to get rid of Dan 100%, but similar to your situation with uh, creating a shark sonar, I definitely want to create at least the second sonar that represents this other side of me. So, yeah, that's, you know, that's it, cool, it's, yeah. it's a nice idea to have. You know, mm-hmm. um, for, for a really long time, but I mean, okay, so about a year, after I made mm-hmm. I made Fell, I was still kind of using my older character called Theo. Um, mm-hmm. And it was basically like Theo, it was like my, my softer side. It was like the, the exact same thing. It was like a split personality kind of thing. Like Theo was yeah. my, my soft kind of side, like the introvert kind of side. And then Fell was like the... When I hang out with my friends, I usually get really extrovert and I get really loud and obnoxious and annoying and, <laughs> and just yeah. tell, tell <laughs> dumb sex jokes all the time and shit like that. And um, that's basically 
um, that side of me. And at yeah. some point, I just kind of ditched Theo because, like, I, I wasn't vibing with him anymore. And to me, it's so interesting how um, people have, I mean, furries have, like, some have, like, 20 characters that they quote-unquote actively use. Some yeah, have just yeah. one I know. persona. And just one. Yeah. And uh, some people and have, like, yeah. two characters, some people have whatever, whatever five, and mm-hmm. some people switch between characters and have, like, quote-unquote, the seasonal character, and then there's, like, uh, the permanent yeah. sona, kind of like me, and it's, it's like, so diverse. I love it. It is, it is so interesting to think that people have different interpretations of how to um, implement this core part of being a furry. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to have a sona to be a furry, not not in the slightest, but you've got to admit most, if not all, m- well, at least most furries have a fursona. Yeah. So, and it is interesting to see that some people are very set on having one. Some people kind of like having more than one, having two or three. And it is, the, the I mean, the more furries there are with loads of different characters, the more diverse it gets as well. And it is lovely to see so many different um, kind of walks of, you know, animal yeah, life on, a, on, the, on a good old... Tw- uh, fairy sphere, as I would say, <laughs> uh, and Twitter, you know, Twi- Twitter and fairy yeah. sphere. Um, something I was thinking about. Um, I was talking to this other person who had like a very specific yeah. animal, and they had a Telegram chat just for that animal. Do you have a similar thing with like sharks? I'm not saying like, do you have a Telegram chat? But do you, for example, have um? Uh, for example, maybe have um, you get more commissions and you have you're very close knitted with other shark people with shark sonas. Would you say that's the case? Um, I'm I'm very close. Yeah, I'm. There's a thing. Um, I I honestly don't know much about other furry species, but mm-hmm. with sharks, um, most sharks are in this like big shark circle that's like mm. not not entirely closed off, but it's essentially. Yeah. Um, most sharks know each other in the fandom, at least the ones on Twitter, and that's and that's a yeah. really great thing. Like, um, it's I mean, it's probably also like other other like rare races of furries, like of course birds. Yeah. Well, dragons aren't that rare, but like they're not that common anymore. I think, and like they're a whole new different. Like that. Yeah, they're a whole new different section now. They got they got like scalies or whatever, you know. Yeah. And it's like, you just instantly recognize each other, like, oh, there's a shark, hey, well, that's instantly, like, charismatic to me. And, um, it's, uh, I I do a thing every year, well, besides this year, uh, because I I didn't want to spam the timeline during Black Lives Matter protests and take up the timeline with that, Mm because I thought that was a lot more important. And, uh, but I've, I've been doing a thing for, I think, two or three years now, where... Um, I don't know, there's, there's like an online Hunger Games generator where oh, you can put in yeah. characters and then it does like a story for you. Yeah. I've been doing that with the shark circle on Twitter and I call it the shark Hunger Games. And basically what I do is I do like a post where, where I go like essentially one month before it actually starts, which it's I usually do it in, in Shark Week. Oh, um, that's cool. And basically what I do is I call all sharks to reply to the post and be like, hey... <laughs> I want to partake in the Shark Hunger Games, sign me up, and then I'll have them send uh, an icon. If they don't, I'll just use their Twitter icon, mm-hmm. and uh, i got to add pronouns, of course, and then yeah. I'll just add them to the pile, and yeah. it's like, I think, 36 
characters or 24 characters yeah. i don't remember that's dope and as fuck yeah and then it's just like go through the entire mm-hmm. game screenshot everything and then i spread out the posts between like the entire week because mm-hmm. you, you couldn't do that with someone like me because because there's so many dogs i i it just would just be like to know it'd be it'd be chaos it'd be absolute chaos <laughs> and I think it definitely. Um, I, I mean, I'm speaking for yourself here, but yeah. I'm, I'm assuming it does feel very close knitted. Like only sharks are allowed in this. I have such a unique, and different character, and it is really nice to meet other people with this unique and different species as well. So that is a, yeah. must be a nice thing to think about. Well, of course, I I cannot say that I'm not biased because I I am. <laughs> <laughs> I of course want to be oh, yeah, want my definitely. friends to be in it. And, um, like, the people I know well, because you never know when a furry turns out to be a bad person, you know? Oh, so I, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to associate myself with, like, problematic, quote-unquote, people. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I, of course, pick the people that I know first, and then after that, I, I pick, quote-unquote, random people. Yeah. So it's like, um, I, I go for people I know, and then put those in, and I, I also... Uh, in the Hunger Games, you can, like, make teams, right? So yeah, you always have, like, two people it. teams. Yeah. Yeah. And people can also, like, come to me and be like, hey, hey I want to be on one team with this person, and then mm-hmm. I'll just put them in the same team. And um, stuff like that. And it's 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 just it's just good fun. Yeah, that's really uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I used to do the Hunger Games stuff with just, like, uh, my group of mates and stuff. It is a really cool generator. It's um, a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah. What kind of stuff do you do creatively? Because you you talk you were talking to me off podcast about how you do so many different projects, but you just can't yeah. focus on one thing. And it is great that you have like a diverse range of creative like outlets. <laughs> but um, what would you say is one that you kind of enjoy doing the most? Because you were talking about how you you do voice acting sometimes as well. I do voice acting mm-hmm. sometimes. I don't really do it publicly publicly That's much because right, yeah. I don't think I'm the best at oh, it. Oh bless. I'm really I'm sure held back by my um by my English because mm-hmm. I'm not because Eng- I'm not English isn't my national language I'm actually German, um mm-hmm. and it, it does take away from my ability to speak the language well because I don't I don't practice it enough. I mean, unfortunately, I mean you speak it on this podcast I completely find it like if you told me that like apart from like the slight accent obviously. If yeah. you told me that you were a native English speaker, like, I would not double take. Like I'm not even I'm not even saying that'd be nice, like genuinely. So I think yes. I think you could I think you have a you know, the chance to you know, do something with that, definitely. Uh, but I do I do well, understand your, your your setback though. Well a lot of people actually have told me that, but it's mm-hmm. like I'm I'm always kinda held back by my like by my mind, of course, telling me, "Hey, oh, you're yeah, not definitely. good enough at this and whatever, whatever, you know. You know how it is. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um and I've tried. There was a time um, a few months ago, um, where uh, a voice acting meme was going around on Twitter, which actually brought me into this whole thing, uh, where basically you post an image that says, give me lines and I'll have to voice them. And I did that and I got a, oh. a ton of things and I voiced all of them. I spent like three hours voicing things and then I went into Premiere and uh, made a video on it. But um, about 90% into editing, like I only needed to edit the music in, basically, the background music. Mm-hmm. Everything else was done. I started feeling like, hey, this isn't good enough. And then oh. I scrapped everything, unfortunately. That sucks. Definitely. It was like 10 hours of work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, as somebody who also makes creative stuff, it is definitely something that is, it's a hurdle to come across, in a sense. 
and it yeah. is something that you, everybody struggles with and it is hard but you just got to think like you started making this for a reason and I feel like that reason for me personally is because I want to finish it and I want to show it to other people and I mean if you're yeah. ever doubtful about something like that you can always also just maybe message um close friends or well first of all close friends that you know are going to be nice about it and also close friends that you know are going to be honest so if they're yeah. like I don't think this is great but you can improve it by doing this then you know that you can kind of create something that's to the best of your ability and it prevents stuff like that where you get worried about you know it being good enough etc cetera, etc cetera. but I totally get that and it is a really hard thing to kind of set your mind to and I even personally have problems still with it myself I mean this entire podcast situation I fucking yeah. edit episodes and I'm like <laughs> oh my god uh the, you can you can hear me putting my glass of water down at that part and I forgot to edit it out <laughs> and then like I'll talk about it with my mate and my mate will be like no one fucking cares I just listen to you yeah. talk about fashion like it does not matter in the slightest like nobody's gonna pause it and be like oh my god I've just heard them fucking drop their glass in the, uh, on, the, on the table I'm gonna stop listening right now they are an absolute detriment to podcasting you know it's not like that at all everybody not everybody's gonna be perfect you know you gotta you got to make stuff to to get to that level. And it's yeah, all about improving yourself. Yeah, overthinking is absolutely a part of, like, yeah. improving. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, essentially the part where you get over yourself and tell yourself, hey, why would I care about this? Yeah. Is basically where, where like, you make or break a hobby, essentially. And it, that's, like, if you get over the hurdle once of telling yourself, hey, I'll just do this now... Mm-hmm. And usually it should work out for you. Yeah, exactly. That That is the, the case, definitely, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been burning through so many hobbies. Like, mm. so we got voice acting. A while ago, I used to practice scratching. Um, oh, sick. Traditionally, with a with just a, like a regular-ass turntable mm. and a mixer and actual scratch plates, like not even uh, virtual plates. Oh, cool. Yeah, I I did that for about two weeks. And two weeks, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes it do be like that though. Sometimes it really do be yeah. like that. Sometimes I will like, for example, um, I like said to myself I was gonna fucking make a hyper pop album like a month yeah. ago. I was like, you know what, Gex have like inspired me. I want to make a hyper pop album. So I got my <laughs> launch pad that I bought when I was like th- fifteen, and I brought it all the way, uh, yeah. back to uni, and I plugged it in. And I was like, this shit's fucking difficult. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that. I've, um, you have no idea how long I've been trying to get into art. Mm-hmm. I, like, in, 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 like, grade school, I started drawing things. And I was really good. I just never, like, continued doing it. And that's a big problem for me. I, I just, like, I, I don't necessarily lose interest. It's just that I, like, I don't have the energy to keep practicing which mm-hmm. i think is like where most people um give up you know yeah i think i'm similar in a sense that i do try so many different things and just drop them so yeah for me it's if i pursue something for a long long time then i know for a fact that this is gonna it is a integral part of my personality and it's an integral part of my skills as well like for example editing Film is something I just started doing randomly when I was like, um, probably like 17, 16, 17, just started making random videos. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, at least I'm t- try to like make videos seriously. 
And I thought at first, I was like, oh, this is okay, I guess. And then I kept doing them and doing them and doing them. And I was like, this is something I want to do as a career. Yeah. Like, this is something I actually want to do actively as a career. And it's same with video games. Um, I'm very, very, it's very hard for me to get like sucked into a story with a video game or like play a video game a lot. Yeah, I get that. But for example, um, Smash Ultimate, I play that competitively. I'm, wow. I'm fucking dog shit, but I play it competitively. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, and that's because I played it. And I was like, yo, I fuck with this game so much. And I just, that was the only thing I played. So I don't really, I don't get passionate about a lot of things. But when I get passionate about something and I put the effort in, I will ride that (laughs) for a very long time, if you know what I mean. Of course, yeah. I, I personally honestly think that's the better way to do it. Like, I have like eight or 10 hobbies and I never do any of them. But like, if you have like one or two, that you practice every day or like at least every two days or whatever, but you have your routine, then um, mm-hmm. that's honestly so much better because it's, yeah. I mean, you do do them regularly and um, you actually get good at them. Yeah. That's the big difference. I yeah. um, I went through so much creative stuff. I um, also went through, I, for some time I made collages out of oh, cool. um, physical manga that I bought used. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I, I still have them somewhere. And um, basically what I did, I, I took um, uh, colored cardboard and I would mm-hmm. um, take random manga pages, cut stuff out from them with a precision knife mm-hmm. and then glue them onto yeah. the cardboard and make them like into that's something so cool. different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That reminds yeah, that reminds me of um, the idea I, I've always wanted to do this is when I wanted to get for my skateboard uh, or like a new setup. I want to get some see-through grip tape yeah. and get like a bunch of like Evangelion screenshots in like <laughs> or like parts from the manga. Yeah. Print them out and like cut them up like you know how manga kind of panels are usually quite like some of them like triangular and all that, and yeah, so they're all yeah. like different like um, you know sizes. I want to get it so it covers the entire like deck and like all these different. Um, like sizes and shapes and then i put the see-through grip tape over it so my grip tapes that you just like evangelion manga cutouts yeah i've always wanted to do that but it seems like such a hard thing to kind of do (laughs) but i know it takes a lot of time yeah yeah definitely i think in terms of what i really want to improve on now in terms of hobbies because i haven't played smash bros in about six months oh. and that is because first of all i fucking hate the online yeah and i can't play the online without getting mad because my connection's awful at university and second of all it's because i've transferred all the passion i had for smash bros into skating and i'm like not good at skating like at all <laughs> but i enjoy skating and in terms of like linking skateboarding to my like mental health and stuff like skating really helps me clear my head like i love it so much yeah and it's something it's nice it's a it's a nice little you know nice little boost of serotonin when you know i'm trying to land a trick and then i finally <laughs> land it and i'm like i worked hard to achieve this specific thing because i set my mind to it and i did it yeah so skateboarding is definitely something i want to keep pursuing and it's something i'm enjoying right now so that, that that's my hobby that i'm focusing on right now yeah. I, I personally think definitely it's it's a lot better to do hobbies that have you do physical activities like mm-hmm. of course drawing and like video editing and shit is like is like good yeah. it, it gets you going like, good, yeah. if you actually like I, I don't want to sound like a boomer but if you go outside and do physical shit that like benefits your health 
then I think that's mm-hmm. even better. Um, like you don't even have to do like anything competitively. You don't even no, have yeah. to go into tournaments or whatever. No, no, but like not at all. Yeah. Like as long as you. I mean, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, but like as long as yeah. you're going outside and you know, like working out a bit, um, mm-hmm. that's really important. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's good to have a balance at least. Yeah. yeah. I know not everybody might be the most physical. Of course. And of it, course. again, it's co- completely contrasting somebody who like is really into physical sport activities might not be the most creative with anything or um interested in anything that's more of a like a interior uh hobby but i think it is nice to find a balance like you said and again i will i will never ever get sponsored at skateboarding (laughs) touch wood i will never get incredible at skateboarding yeah but what matters is that i want to improve for myself because i want to be able to it's kind of like um this is like going off on a bit of a tangent but uh one of my favorite filmmakers mikey alfred he is a creator for Illegal Civilization, which is like a skate brand uh, who have like loads of skaters and stuff. And he makes really fucking cool skate reels. And he's like a massive inspiration for both getting better at skateboarding for me and filmmaking. Yeah. So my one of my like dreams, this is so fucking dumb. <laughs> one of my dreams is to buy, like commission a partial fursuit, right? Get the partial fursuit. I'm talking like head, hands, yeah. tail. No no yeah. shoes. Like No no feet, sorry. <laughs> and just do a skate reel in a fucking fursuit. I think it'd be so funny. And it'd be so weird. And I could like make a film. So I'm making this skate reel in a fursuit. Yeah. And at the same time, like I'm fucking shredding whilst having this fursuit on. Like that is my dream. <laughs> and I will... I will do this. I will trust me. I will do Sounds this uh, project. I, I do recommend yeah. not using any hands, though. Those would get dirty like quick. Oh, wait, 100%. 100%. Yeah. That's the thing. Someone would be like, You're skating like a, a grand with a grand on your head. <laughs> and and I'm like, Yeah, but I know I'm shredding. So, like, it's, it's fine. You know, I'm just skateboarding. Swag, you know. You know? <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. It's just dope <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, there's, there's people skating yeah. in Supreme at Gucci. Yeah. yeah. My god, yeah. I saw this guy on um TikTok yeah. that was like um uh skating like fucking like off-white um off-white Yo. Nikes and I was like what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and he was like and he was like they're just my skate shoes. I'm like skate <laughs> shoes they're like 400 pounds. Yeah. Like even more. I was like it's insane. I don't know. Some people just like that. I mean, I I skate SBs and I just skate them because they're they are cheap-ish, well, they're just regular price, yeah. and they have, like, thick-ass soles, because I shred through my, like, shoes so badly. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, skateboarding is a big part of my passion, and it's a big part of my, kind of, personality, so to be able to make films and do skateboarding, doing something I enjoy, it's, like, basically bringing two of my passions into one, so that's why I want to get better at skateboarding, so I can make a skate reel of, like, me and my friends just messing around Hell and yeah. kind of making something look fucking cool by doing editing and filmmaking yeah, like, whilst implementing a passion. And so, yeah, that's uh, another way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, we talked a lot about general stuff, uh, well, general hobby stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap up this section by just talking about, have you had any experiences with, like, fairy conventions or anything like that? Because obviously, since you've been in for so long. <laughs> Good that you mentioned it. I, um, I tried to get into MFF, last year mm-hmm. but i couldn't quite attend because i didn't have the time i was doing my job training at that time and That's um fine. i just i just wouldn't get two weeks off it just wouldn't work yeah because it's, it's, it's a far right from germany and it's if like if i'm going oh yeah definitely if i'm gonna bother mm-hmm. coming over there then it's, it should make um it should be worth yeah. it you know 
Mm. Uh, I, of course, I, I last year when MFF ended, I was like, yeah, uh, let's meet up MFF next year. So <laughs> and now that it's didn't just happen. <laughs> virtual MFF now, which is fantastic. Yeah, oh, fucking hell. I, I mean, I um, I have always wanted to go to a convention. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been thinking about going to Euroference, which is Ooh, uh, yeah. Germany's mm-hmm. biggest. Furry convention. I think even like Euro- uh, Europe's yeah, biggest furry Europe's convention. Yeah. And then I, I looked at the hotel prices. <laughs> oh yeah, damn. It's when like two fifty yeah. bucks a night. It's That's, crazy. Yeah, it's mad. When I um planned to go to Confuzz Old, which is the big uh, convention in the UK, yeah. I, me and my girlfriend were not gonna get a hotel room. We were just gonna get an Airbnb <laughs> and just go there. Yeah, I mean, I mean it just makes more money. sense. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, hotel rooms isn't. I mean, it would be my first convention. I mean. I don't really know. By what I've heard um, through a few sources about uh, hotel parties and hotel lobbies and hotel rooms, yeah, I think I would feel a bit more comfortable uh, going, <laughs> g- getting an Airbnb, as they would say. But, yeah, um, quote-unquote going yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, no no, uh, no judgment at all, no judgment at all, like 100%. It's a massive part of conventions and stuff, and I mean, they're not all yeah. inherently, you know, bad like that but um i think airbnbs i think it was also because we i was only going to go to the convention for one day so it didn't really make sense to me like book a hotel like the book the hotel there or whatever and it was cheaper just to get an airbnb there and just get a train like th- there was like a shuttle to the convention center or whatever because it's near the airport but you know. oh, that's nice yeah yeah um yeah it's cool um i mean we're on like 35 minutes so yeah. I think we should move on to the album choice of this week, Ooh. which was Demon Days by Gorillaz. Very, very good album. Very yes, good album. Now that's how we're going to start it off. Very good album. <laughs> so Demon Days is my favorite Gorillaz record. And I think yeah. it's because, I don't know, it's weird. It's like that thing that everybody says about a lot of albums where, like, it makes me feel nostalgic for a time period that I didn't even experience. But I did experience this time period. But it was yeah. 2005 when the album came out. I was five years old. I do have obviously obvious memories then. But it wasn't, like, you know, things I, like like, remember back to back. But it just reminds you of like early two thousands, like or mid two thousands, um, kids cartoons and kids shows. It's hard to explain, but in the UK, we had a lot. Like, there's this TV show for like kids called CBBC or whatever, right? And they used in a lot of like, oh, it just like every single song, like um, Dirty Harry, for example, like the Dirty Harry, you know, the do 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 do, right? It would have like that, but it would be like some <laughs> yeah. presenter going like. Today we're gonna go and find out what this person's doing here, and then it would like do that intro or whatever, and then it would be like, it's just the it was like the staple of like to me it's like the staple of children's TV background music. It was fu- that's a fucking weird it, it's a weird link. Anybody who was like who's like similar to my age that knows, I hope you know what I'm talking about. That lives in the UK. I really hope you're talking about because I I'm I feel like I'm talking out my ass, but I mean that is something that I do so- associate with the album. I guess that does link to like being nostalgic for a time period that I kind of don't really have too many memories with. But let's move the conversation over to you because it was your album choice. Why did you pick this album specifically? Well, it's very important to me. First of all, it's not my favorite album of all time. 
Okay. I actually didn't pick my favorite album of all time, which is Invaders Must Die by The Prodigy. Oh, that's an, uh, that's a that's a fucking based album. I love that. That's Hell fucking a, yeah. 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 But the thing is, I thought about picking that album, but then I I figured, hey, it's it's all big bass rave tracks, and mm-hmm. there's not much to talk about. To talk that's about the problem. Yeah, that's fair. Like, there's of course it's it's all fucking good music, but mm-hmm. like, what do you talk about? It's yeah. all like, I, I want I don't want to say mindless rave tracks. It's all re- very well written, but it's like, what do you talk about? So I I was like, okay, what's an album that has quote unquote substance that has a lot of features i mean good features of course Mm -hmm. that has like things you can talk about yeah so then i was like hey what what else do you like okay you like gorillas okay so what what comes to mind if you think about gorillas well demon days and plastic beach of course and um (laughs) and then demon days so demon days is very important to me personally because i basically grew up on demon days and invaders must die yeah and um my dad introduced me to Gorillaz a long ass time ago, basically when it came out in uh, 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, he introduced me to it like 2006, 7 ish. Yeah. And because also Fever Dink got really big, uh, of course, was like their biggest song, I think. Yeah, Feel, um, Feel Good Inc. Yeah, got absolutely massive. Was it Feel Good Inc. or Clint Eastwood that went bigger? I think. Mm. I feel I want to say feel good ink, but Clint Eastwood was also absolutely massive. But that was on Clint Eastwood was one on their self-titled, wasn't it? It wasn't on Demon Days. Clint Eastwood was on what's it called? Something two thousand. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's on Gorillas, which is their self-titled. But their yeah. But nineteen two thousand is also on that Gorillas album. So yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah, something that's really interesting, I think. Um, about the album and my connection to it is that every time I listened to it, I had like breaks in between, right? Mm-hmm. Of like several years of me just not being interested in the in the in that type of music because I discovered something else, right? And then eventually I came back, and all of a sudden my favorite track changed, and oh, like really? that happened that happened like four times. <laughs> like when I listened to it the first time. I think it was Fugodink was my favorite track. Mm-hmm. Then later it was Dare. Then later it was either Kids with Guns or Dirty Harry. Mm-hmm. And now it is November has come. Oh, it's cool. Now and um, yeah. what's what's really interesting to me is that since I grew up on the record, I didn't know most of the artists that are featured on it. There's some really good fucking features on this album. Yeah. And when I was younger, I just didn't know how to appreciate them. I just didn't know most of them. And I I couldn't appreciate the kind of music that, that was brought to the game. I was just like, hey, this is really good music, but I didn't know what was going on, basically. You, you're a kid, you don't know music, yeah. right? And um, and then later on, I was like, hey, so this has a really good production. This has really good percussion. This has really good drum patterns. This has, like, this has, like a really good arm and break sample in it. And, um, <laughs> and then... I eventually got into rap hip hop. Yeah. And um I found out about MF Doom. MF Doom, yeah. Yeah, and then I came back to the album after listening to a shit ton of MF Doom and then I was like listening to November has come and I was like hey, didn't you recognize that voice? Yeah, that's exactly that is exactly. <laughs> and as soon as you said November has come, I was like I need to fucking talk about this song because I feel Hell exactly yeah. the same way. MF Doom is like one now one of my favorite rap artists ever. 
in yeah, I yeah. listened to Demon Days before I I'm a massive hip hop head. I'm a massive rap head now. Yeah. And when I listened to Demon Days, that was not me at all. I hardly listened to rap. I only listened to like bands and like stuff like the gorillas, etc. Yeah. And I really wasn't in rap at all. And then I left listening to gorillas for a while. Then I came mm-hmm. back to them, obviously. I've, I've came back to them recently when now they've released, uh, released Song Machine and stuff. And yeah. um, I think, uh, was it The Now Now was also a really good album. But anyway, and I came yeah. back to Demon Days and I listened to November is Coming. I'm like, holy shit, it's fucking MF Doom. Like, that is, that's Doom. And yeah. <laughs> some people are, people are, people are going to be listening to that and be like, you didn't know it was MF Doom at the start when you first listened to the record? <laughs> I'm like, oh, come on, man. I was like 14 listening to this shit, like, Leave me alone, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> literally, I I had a newfound appreciation, and it is like one of my favorite songs on the album because I feel like Doom, with any sort of fucking beat and like rhythm, he just goes in and just yeah just goes ham. And I he love just it. fucks on anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fucking crazy. MF Doom just goes hard on everything. Um, yeah. in terms of my favorite um songs, I would say probably Dirty Harry. Uh, yeah, November's yeah, yeah. come, obviously. I do like... I know this is a really, really weird choice, but I remember when I used to... Whenever I always listened to the album front to back, I've done it, like, multiple times, yeah. um, I always loved the the storytelling of the fire coming out the monkey's head. I used to love it so it's good, much. Yeah. It's really good, and then it, when it changes it up a bit, and it's, it's lovely. I really liked it. Um, it's just... Like what? What I like so much about Demon Days is that um, it's not just quote unquote mindless music making. That's I mean, of course, mindless music making can be really good, but it's like it has this mood to it that's like carried through the entire record mm-hmm. and is is kept up until the end. Yeah, and it has a certain feel that that hasn't been done like I think since Plastic Beach, at least by Gorillas. Yeah. Um. It it just it it pulls you in, and it's like it's, it's so weird. It's Demon Days is one of those albums that you really shouldn't skip anything on, even if you don't really vibe yeah, with it that I, I much. I agree. I agree. And yeah. um, I'm okay. So first of all, I'm, I'm kind of a music elitist, right? So I don't want to be like too too cheeky here. <laughs> but but basically, I am personally of the opinion that you shouldn't shuffle an album it's meant to be listened as it was written no no i get that i fully fully get that i agree to um to like i I mostly agree with you like to an extent i think shuffling an album gives it i think you should at least either the first time you listen to an album or at least once you should listen to it front about because that is how the artist has intended the order to be yeah but in terms of shuffling, I do think it kind of gives you a a newfound kind of experience with the album. And also sometimes, like, for example, Tyler Crea's Flower Boy. I know that people have, like, put, like, fan, not, like, fan edits, but, like, fan kind of organization, I guess. It was, like, fan yeah. orders. <laughs> like, somebody said, like, this is how I think Flower Boy should have been ordered. And, like, for me, like, I understand that. But with an album like Flower Boy, I feel like... It really doesn't work in any other order apart from front of back because it's an album yeah. that does the classic transition between every song. So like it just all abruptly ends. Anyway, that's a completely different kettle of fish. But I totally, <laughs> totally, totally get that. And yeah. uh, I think especially with Demon Days, where 
you have songs that tell stories and yeah. you have a, a band with heavy, heavy, heavy lore because it's a, you know, it's a virtual band. You've got virtual members and all of the um, kind of, even though you have ones that have literal stories like um, a fire coming out the monkey's head, you yeah. also have so- songs like um, El, El Manana, if, if, that's how you, if that's how you say it. I think it's um, El Manana. Oh, Mania. Ah, see? Yeah. Perfect. Um, it's, it's a good thing you're Wait, here. no, El, El Manana, actually. That's El Manana. Perfect. Yeah. Well, you have songs like El Manana, where it's a it's a more, like, you know, melancholic song, but it does still tell the story of the band. I think it's specific, might be specifically about 2D. No, not 2D, sorry, Noodle, maybe, I think. But I, yeah, probably, yeah. I don't know, I'm a bit unsure. But basically, yeah, since the band is very um, story and narrative-based in that... I mean, albums are there sometimes to tell stories, and I think this is especially the case with Gorillaz. Yeah. So that's why listening to a Gorillaz album in order, especially for Demon Days, is <laughs> vital. There we go. I mean, honestly, even more with um, Plastic Beach. Plastic Beach was mm-hmm. like, do you know the story around Plastic Beach? Um, a little bit. I mean, I'm going to be talking about the album in a few episodes time, actually, Ooh, which is interesting nice. as well. Both Gorilla's picks. Okay, so then I'm not going to talk too much about it, but basically there was like a huge story revolving around Plastic Beach, whereas like uh, Damon Alban, the guy who like <laughs> was running Gorilla's, yeah. he, um, he basically made up this huge story around Plastic Beach being this plastic island that like is com- just like made off of plastic that's floating in the ocean and at some point in yes. the ocean it all yeah. gathers up and creates mm-hmm. this island and they made like a five meter wide model of the island and then made shot d- did like shots of it in like real water and used that for music videos there's like mm-hmm. a music video or at least an animatic for every single track on the album and it's yeah. fucking crazy because there's one there's one for like um empire ants which is really really nice yeah. In rhinestone eyes as well. No, that's the only thing I associate with Plastic Beast. That's the only thing I remembered from it was it having some sort of link to the environment and stuff, which was a really yeah. interesting take. But I mean, going back to Demon Days, it's yeah, yeah. it it is a classic. Well, in my eyes it is a classic two thousands album. The it art is. specifically, yeah. the art is iconic. It is Yeah. It I mean, even in my eyes, I think it's one of the most iconic pieces of album art ever. Like yeah, I think yeah. I've seen it being parodied by other artists, not in terms of like uploading, um, obviously their album or like copying it, but for example, like parodying different bands, like uploading their version of the Gorillaz yeah. art, and I've seen like video games do it in that, and it's just like it, it's like <laughs> the Demon Days album cover is fantastic, and I must say I'm gonna show off a bit. I do have Demon Days on vinyl. I and have it, is, it as is, well. It is, and I love. How you know how you got the sleeves for the vinyl specifically? Yeah, yeah. They have like the different faces. They have the two D face, then they have the Murdoch face on like either side, and I just love that so much. Yeah, and it, that was it, on the CD case as well, though. Yeah, yeah. It's lovely. I really, really like the the vinyl as well, and I'm yeah, glad they did a good. repressing because uh, I didn't get the original pressing, and I remember them for ages only having one pressing. And I remember when I used to look up like how much the vinyl would be and it's like oh it's really expensive because there was only ever one pressing of it and yeah. then they must have like randomly decided to repress it because i saw it in um hmv which is like a which is like a music shop in the uk and i was like holy shit i'm just gonna buy this instantly because it's there <laughs> yeah. um i mean we're on 48 minutes holy shit 
So, um, <laughs> I mean, we, we've talked to so much about gorillas. It's mad. So, um, I think, I think we will move on to the film choice of this week, yeah. which is Baby Driver, directed by Edgar Wright. Oh, fucking yeah. And we both watched it to prepare for the episode. Yeah, we both watched it like just now, just yeah, a few, yeah, a few, a few hours ago. <laughs> and yeah. wow, Baby Driver is it, it is something. It my is friend, quite I was something. I was messaging my friend. I was like, oh, I'm watching Baby Driver, and he was like, holy shit, you watching Baby Driver? And he's like, yeah. He's like, he's like, get the fuck off your phone, then. And I was like, god damn. <laughs> he's like, and he was like, just focus on the music direction, focus on the music. And I was like, oh, what? Yeah, I gotta see. I gotta kick this off. The music direction in this film is phenomenal. Yeah. It is incredible. I mean, it's classic Edgar Wright. It's like, in, but obviously Edgar Wright is a director, as usually known, like you know, like Scott Pilgrim and like yeah. the kind of Cornetto trilogy of Hot Fuzz, yeah, Shaun yeah. the Dead, it, it, the World's End. It's no, he's known to like do lots of like cuts to music, like edits, cuts to music. But yeah. this is more like sound cuts to music, like. You have like gunshots to beats and stuff. I mean, I could go on about this for days. I mean, I literally just watched the film. I will, I will let you t- take over. Why did you choose this film? You know, well, how come? Well, the thing is, I'm not a huge, I'm not too huge on movies, so I only have like a small, quote unquote, small range of movies that I watch often. Basically, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't watch new movies all the time. So, like, I prefer watching the movies I know over and over. Basically, so I yeah. f- f- keep finding different, like, tiny details and stuff. So I I got in the mood for Baby Driver because it's one of my favorite movies, honestly. Um, and I just I just like it so much because I'm really really huge into music. Like music is like my biggest thing. Like mm-hmm. I I um cannot be without music basically. And yeah. having a movie center around drifting, mm-hmm. music, and good characters it's and fantastic. it's great. Like it, if you watch any action movie that's centered around action it has shit gunplay usually this mm-hmm. movie is centered around music it has better gunplay than most of like action yeah. movies out there yeah it's and crazy it in, yeah and it interprets the action with the guns in it like obviously well obviously it interprets the action with the guns because the guns do are a heavy part of action in a lot of films of course but what i'm trying to say is it isn't just pasted in it yeah. is thought about and it's thought about how you can make an experience rather than just like it being a shootout. Yeah. And I do love how it, it it's it's hard to explain, but they could have just Edgar Wright could have easily just went, Oh, I'm gonna make the the gunshots go to the beat of the song, which is still cool. But yeah. the entire point of the reason it being like that is because the main character, Baby, is he, it's a it's a heavy part and theme of the film because of his character and his relationship with music. Yeah. And then there's a lot of things that you never notice until someone tells you. Yeah. For for example, I, I have a bunch of notes. <laughs> I have a ton of I, notes. I have actually. a feeling I know what you're going to go on about as well. And um, well, is one of the things you're going to talk about is the opening, the opening scene. Well, not. Of course, do you know? Of course. Do you, well, do you know the scene where he's like walking around with the music, and like the lyrics are on the walls. The do single you... shot walking to get yeah. coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. That's insane fucking yeah. choreography. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. love it. But what I also wanted to talk about is, um, well, what to put it? Uh, so, of course, you got the scene after the post office heist, where mm-hmm. it's, um, of course, the guns sing to music. 
But the thing is, everything is synced to music, but only the important stuff, of course. Yeah. So, like, whatever is most important is synced to music. Whatever is important but not that important is not. And mm-hmm. that's fucking crazy, I yeah. think. It's, yeah. it's, it's whenever... Um, I forgot his name, but it's whenever the guy who had the girlfriend in the group or, like, the... Well, not apart from Baby, who had the, you know, the the kind of partner and crime kind of yeah. thing. It that's... was whenever... Yeah, it was whenever he was shooting at the at the police... It was always like syncing up because it yeah. was like, and I think that was lovely. That was so good. Um, I actually, I'm really bad with uh, actor names because I don't mm-hmm. watch enough movies to care, and I don't care about celebrities <laughs> at all. But I actually looked up his name because his performance in the movie was my favorite performance in the movie. Honestly, mm-hmm. his name is John ha- John Ham. John Ham, yeah. And he's just he just fucking goes off. He's so good in his character. Yeah. Delivers lines so well, and then the whole gunplay and the whole thing with his girlfriend, and it's, it's yeah, it's just crazy. And I mean the final, the final act in a sense. The final act is fun, fantastic. Yeah, and the way that's handled with it, uh, with his acting and the, you know, his character is great as well. Yeah, also, I definitely felt engaged. Yeah, yeah. Something I also wanted to talk about was Eka Wright puts little quote-unquote easter eggs i don't want to say easter eggs mm-hmm. it's a gaming term but you know what I mean. <laughs> little secrets little little wink wink nudges mm-hmm. yeah to his other movies um i just just wanted to uh quick pop quiz do you did you did you notice anything related to his other movies because there were some things see i i didn't but obviously you've seen this film a few times okay so so the thing is if you if someone tells you what's what's similar to other movies that Edgar Wright made, mm-hmm. you instantly notice. So one thing is, um, what Edgar Wright really loves doing is putting a TV scene in his movies, and then whenever the character uh, changes TV channels, one channel goes thematically into the next. So or sometimes it finishes the other one's, one's uh, sentence. Mm-hmm. And that's, oh, that happens shit, a lot. yeah. Yeah, that's, right? That's something that happens in Shaun the Dead. <laughs> Of course, yeah, it does. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I mean, I mean, I don't think there's a TV scene in The World's End or what's the other one, uh, Hot, Hot Fuzz. Fuzz. Uh, but um, yeah, that's like something that carries over. Also, one thing I really wanted to talk about was um, the main character Baby has a tinnitus that only appears when he isn't listening to music. Everyone knows mm-hmm. that because it gets it gets talked about in the movie. Yeah. But the thing is, what a lot of people don't really notice is that any time, besides about two scenes or shots, any time there's no music on, you can hear a ringing, like a tinnitus sound in the background, if you pay attention. It's it's crazy yeah. attention yes, to I, I Yeah, I actually did get that as well. It was yeah. when... Um, there was there was there were some specific parts that I realised that that was the case. Yeah. And uh, it, is, it is good that it isn't just said as like a... Some people, some in some films, it's just like they use it as like they'll say like one line of "This is why this character does this," and it's like, oh, okay, yeah. we can just like disregard everything that that like links to that. Then, but I do feel like um, Baby Driver was a film that remembered that this is a flaw that the character has, and it isn't just something to disregard and give an excuse to why they act in the certain ways that they do. Yeah. So I do really appreciate that they do that in the film as well. Yeah, it's also. It's also just like a really Edgar Wright thing to do. 
to have something be very very consistent within a movie he remembers yeah. every tiny detail like very often what he'll do is he'll put uh something into the the third the, the last third of the movie mm-hmm. that makes fun of or jokes about something that happened in the first one very often yeah i do love how it's because people do think oh well i mean for example with the cornetto trilogy or whatever yeah they think that it's all you know all set in the same universe all set in the same timeline yeah and i mean again with baby driver since he links his films so much he just like feeds that like theory that people have that like all the films are set in the same universe kind of shit and like they're all like going on at the same time which is a really interesting thing to think about i think he's a he's a he's a stunning director he's a fantastic director i was a fun fact i went to go look around the university that he went to and i was gonna go there but it was way (laughs) too far he went to bournemouth art bournemouth arts uni i think and i was gonna well i wasn't gonna go there but i i was interested in going to you know attend there but bournemouth is really far down south and uh, i just didn't vibe with the uni that much but yeah there's an interesting little tidbit for you could have like been taught by the same people who taught edgar Wright. who knows <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but overall i really love the film solid um well made i'm trying to think of flaws that i had but i mean i've really really liked it i think i, have, I was like yeah sorry i, I have a flaw um I really, really didn't like Jamie Foxx's performance in this movie. Really? Okay. He's extremely overacting, I think. He's, like, trying to play the tough boy so bad. He's like, oh, I'm so bad. I'm going to do this. I mean, of course, it's the writing as well. But, like, he's just, like, he's delivering his lines a bit Mm -hmm. too hard, I think. I did did find some of the dialogue slightly cheesy at times. I mean, even including... um... Even including John uh, John Ham's character, there was like mm. a line he said, and it was supposed to be serious, and I just creased. I just found it really funny, and then, uh, <laughs> but it so that was a little bit of an issue at times. And then I would say also, the film did get slightly repetitive a little bit with all the different heists. But I mean, th- I think that was the the main point of it a little it's bit. It's a point, yeah. So that that is like a minor thing anyway. But the music was the music direction, how it links with the visuals, is definitely something that like one hundred percent stands out and just like kind of makes me not forget about the flaws, obviously, but it at least like makes me biased and I'm like, yo, like <laughs> I don't really care that this dialogue's cringe, like this fucking thing's <laughs> awesome right now. Yeah. Um So what what was your favorite thing about the movie, if I might ask? Mm. Well, I'm a sucker for like coming of age films. Yeah, so I yeah. loved the entire like Deborah and um that was so good the De- De- Deborah and baby relationship stuff yeah and I loved the kind of little tapes that he had as well and that he like made beats with the tapes I found that so <laughs> yeah. fucking cool as well so I loved that and again obviously like the music direction with the like kind of there would sometimes be like the gear changes and the revs of the car would match up with yeah. the music and then the gunshots would match up with the music and I think it's just all done with a lot of detail. And I do also love, like, heist, heisty films. I, I don't know if you've ever seen Good Time. Good Time's a fantastic film. That's, like, a heist-related. Um, really, really good film. I think you'd really like it. Um, <laughs> good Time. I love that kind of stuff. So the, the idea of uh, Baby, you know, revolving around working for this guy, for, yeah. like, working on, like, rob robbing banks and stuff was also a thing I uh, enjoyed. 
and I don't know. I just over. I just like the f- film overall. I really, really <laughs> liked it. Course, I can't. Yeah. I can't pick. I can't pick. There's so many different things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do like uh, the idea of the diner. The diner scene as well. I mean, the diner as a whole. I find uh, diners to be a very like romantic like scene, Hell like yeah. shot, like yeah. So yeah. or setting in a sense. So I'm definitely yeah. a sucker for that as well. If I was to ever make a coming of age ro- coming of age romance film, I would definitely have a scene set in the diner. Like, I would just love that so much. <laughs> I love it. And also yeah. in a laundromat. Oh yeah, in a laundromat. Yeah, <laughs> that so was something cheesy. as well. That shot of the washing machines going from left to right i love that and it was oh yeah, so good with the different it. colors it's yeah. so good yeah fantastic everything's done with thought behind it and that's what i love about the film as well yeah and the soundtrack's good of course mm-hmm. i mean i don't want to spoil my letterbox review but <laughs> if i was to review this film i would probably give it a nine out of ten Same, i think yeah a four and a half stars is sufficient yeah. And it is one of the favorite films I've watched on the podcast so far. It is fantastic, and I love it so nice. much. My friend has the soundtrack on vinyl, actually, and I'm like, Ooh. I might have to pick that up, to be honest. Hell and yeah. I did really appreciate... I've been listening to a lot of Beach Boys recently, specifically Pet Sounds, because <laughs> um, Pet Sounds is, at the moment, and probably for a good long time now, at least in my top five, if not my favorite album of all time. Yeah. And I really appreciated how Edgar Wright, it was the first Dinah scene he decided to not only use a Pet Sounds Beach Boys song, but he used an instrumental Beach Boys Pet Sounds song. And yeah. I'm like, nobody fucking... Li- everyone who listens to, like, God Only Knows and, um, you know, Wouldn't It Be Nice? Nobody yeah. listens to the... And in, in uses in films the Beach Boys in, instrumental songs. And yeah. I was like, thank you for... In- it, they use his background music for the diner, and I was like, thank you so much. Or he's like, listen to it or something. So there you go. That's a little oh, thing yeah. that I liked. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. I also can kind of cover with it. I'm really surprised I didn't l- watch this film when it first came out. That's why my, when I told my friend I was watching Baby Driver and he was like, have you ever seen it? And I was like, no. He's like, how the fuck have you not seen this film? <laughs> Especially I, for someone who's a film student. I actually it was one of the few movies that I watched in cinemas when it came out. Ah. I, I used to be not cinema safe. I used to get sick and when I, whenever I went to cinemas it was, it was shit. But like, it was a time when I went back into cinemas and Baby Driver was one of the first movies that I watched when I mm-hmm. was coming back into them. And um, I watched it and I walked out and before I left the building where the cinema was in, I was wishlisting it on Amazon, <laughs> like the, the Blu-ray. Yeah, I, right. <laughs> I've got to say, this is a confession. This is going to, this is going <laughs> to, right, this is going to round up the episode because we're on like an hour and four minutes, but... This is my confession. Um, guys, the uh, films that I watch for the podcast, when people suggest them, if they're not on streaming services like Netflix or Amazon Prime, I watch them in completely uh, legal ways, guys, by the way. Nice. Um, this is the... but Obviously. But this, obviously. But uh, all I'm going to say is, this is the only film uh, on the list that I couldn't find on streaming services so I bought it. Yeah. I bought the Hell film yeah. so I could watch it because I knew it was good. I knew it was fantastic because I had so many f- my mates that said it was fantastic. I mean, as a film student, like all the film critics <laughs> and like all all the people on my course say it's a fantastic film. And I mean, it's directed by Edgar yeah, Wright, yeah. so I already knew it was going to be at least good. So I thought, you know, fuck it, I'll buy it, and I did, and I don't regret my purchase. <laughs> and now I have that film, you know, forever now. Good. You know? It's really good. So yeah, there you go. 
Yeah, so I mean that was that was uh, you know two fantastic choices, and it was lovely to talk to you about the kind of creative stuff you do yeah, as well. Thank you so so much. yeah, just to kind of close off the episode, guys. Obviously, I was talking about my letterbox review, or whatever. Uh, every week, I release a review of the film that I watched for that week, and then I also have a list of every film I've watched so far, with like the ranking of like which one I like the most and like which one I like the least. So far, I've literally enjoyed every single film. But obviously, there's some films that I like more than others. So if you want to check that out, it'll be in the link in the description below on the YouTube video. Or you can just search my name on Letterboxd, which is Matthew underscore Beatty. The Beatty's spelled B-A-Y-T-E-E, and uh, the Matthew's got the two T's. So yeah, that's fantastic. If you want to keep up with the date with me, uh, it's at HypebeastDan on Twitter. And you make sure you subscribe to the YouTube for real, and you follow the Spotify and Apple. Definitely check out Crunchy Sharks uh, Twitter. It is will be in the description below. But it's just crunchy with an O, like crunchy, and then shark. And, you know, uh, give them a follow, you know. Add on to the 10.6K <laughs> that they already have. It's fine. Uh, you know, as one of the most influential sharks in, like, the furry community, <laughs> oh, you know. Thank you. Of course. But, uh, yeah, it was wonderful having you on. And, like, these were fantastic. It was a fucking good time. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no worries. All right, well, that's all from me this week. And I'll see you guys next week. Thank you very much. <laughs>